0: Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show, where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. So let's get started. Welcome everybody to the Linda Phils Show podcast, and I'm going to introduce you to my dear friend, Dr. Shannon Crawford. Shannon, tell everybody hello.
1: Hello. I'm so delighted, overjoyed, super excited to be here with you, Linda.
0: And so that exuberance that you're seeing on face faces, uh, one of the reasons that I was uh, just really excited uh, when we connected earlier this week and did this very quickly because I knew that my dear friend, Dr. Shannon Crawford, would have some really awesome things to share with us today. And Shannon, to get started with, I know you are a, a, a licensed psychologist, mm-hmm. but would you unpack a little bit of your credentials for us? So I want my friends to know who you are and where your expertise lies so just tell them who you are
1: absolutely um. Well, I went to Azusa Pacific in LA for undergrad to go be an actress, and then God detoured my path significantly um, and went towards psychology. And He has shown me ever since that I am absolutely a missionary in my field to help people understand how to steward their souls, especially at a time like this where there's the unknown and the fear. Slower.
0: Slower. Steward your soul. What
1: does that mean? Um, so I think that historically, uh, we focused a lot on the body, understanding our physiology, our brain, our central nervous system, cellular composition. And we spent a lot of time in the church focusing on our spirit man and being strong spiritually, spiritual disciplines, all of those uh, activities that strengthen us spiritually. But for the most part, historically, we focused on just coping with our soul and not actually stewarding it and optimizing it and seeing it more like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini rather than a bicycle that we're trying to use willpower to overcome. So that's how I see that.
0: Wow, wow, (laughs) okay, so.
1: So that was undergrad. And then I went to grad school at Regent University. Shout out. Love my alma mater. Um, And learned how to integrate psychology, science with a spirit formed life and disciplines and how to understand the whole person in context of body, soul, and spirit. And then did psychoanalysis as postdoctoral fellowship after that. And I've been in private practice since 2012. Uh, So I've been doing that full time. I mean, I've been seeing people for 15 years, but my own business. And I love working with business people. My family are a long line of business owners. So that's the mindset that I grew up in. And so helping entrepreneurs and innovators, leaders, um, optimize and be the best version of them and cast the best vision and help those that they're leading know how to get into their sweet spot really um, brings me great joy. So I do that. Uh, So that's part of the leadership development consulting that I do and then speak and travel nationally and internationally. It's been really rewarding uh, to help people love their soul instead of combat it like whack-a-mole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's great. Well, you know, we met not so long ago at a conference we both participated in ar- around the subject of wholeness, the 3 w Summit. And at that time, I was so impressed with you and what you had to say, and also with the gravity, honestly, of need in our society with the pains and experiences and uh, tragedies people have been through, which that was all already had us on tilt almost just like the need is great, you know? And of course the answers are great. And then we had no idea actually what we were on the heels of with our current reality with COVID-19. Absolutely. So, wow. For such a time as this, I believe our, our friendship yeah. began. I appreciate your, uh, the take you have on stewarding our soul on uh, just the way I've heard you talk about some different things. And I am uh, i think we have a common ground here with the marketplace mm-hmm. emphasis, because of course that's my uh, heartbeat as well. So why don't we focus today a little bit on what some of our friends in the marketplace are going through uh, yeah. with COVID-19. Absolutely. We have many and business people who absolutely. may have lost their jobs or maybe their businesses have taken a big dip. Uh, Maybe they're not sure at all what the future will hold depending on their line of work. And so uh, just acknowledging COVID-19, yes, that's a big deal. And now multiply it by thinking about your livelihood, your career, things you may have poured in to build um, your company and uh, your future. What Can you tell us, as someone who knows about how to steward our soul, uh, where is our soul, actually, I'm not quite sure, but um, tell us about that and uh, and give us some help. Give us some practical advice that can help us get ourselves together at this time as business people.
1: Absolutely. Um, And going back again, I think that when we understand what's going on, it's a lot more Connected and embodied rather than this fragmented experience that a lot of people are having of feeling disorganized, they can't focus, they can't comprehend or read, or um, anxiety is ruling a lot of people, not able to sleep at night, and routines are completely off. And so maybe some people are having to work from home full time and take care of small children or homeschool, which some of us, me included, should never be a part of. um, That there's a lot of juggling that's going on. And so I think first, it's really understanding what's going on because I work with a lot of, I'm a psychologist. So I work with a lot of people that are expecting themselves to continue to perform at the same level. And they're placing that false expectation and then shaming themselves when they're not measuring up to what they're accustomed to. And so- What do we do about that if that
0: happens? If we find ourselves there, what do we do?
1: Well, first I want to normalize it and just give a little bit of the neuroscience of what's going on so that we remove the shame that again, we don't wanna treat ourselves like a bicycle that I'm just pedaling harder and willpowering myself more and then burning ourselves out and then causing larger ripple effects with burnout and depression and anxiety symptoms later, that if we cycle back and move into the issue at hand, now we can steward a little bit more strategically and softly um, so that we can go in the long haul. This is um, becoming something that's a lot longer than most of us expected. So if we understand the uh, the neurosystem and the nervous system that you have two competing systems, just kind of like light and dark. Um, And they're both good, they both have a purpose, but right now most people's sympathetic nervous system is on. And so that's that fight, flight, freeze. So when people are at work and their mind goes blank, that's freeze when they're trying to juggle things and multitasking and it feels scattery, there is actual electrochemical neurons and all this stuff is actually kind of like a computer that's firing and it's misfiring when there's too much cortisol in this system. Because if you think of it at a survival level, we're made to run away from a bear and you don't stop and think about you know, the month ends, you don't think about finances, you don't think about higher end executive reasoning when you're in a survival mode. And the body doesn't know the difference between physical threat of a serial killer running after you right now versus, I don't know if I can pay my mortgage this month. I don't know if my children are going to go back to school. I'm going to pull my hair out because I haven't had a break. Um, So a lot of people are operating out of that fight flight. And so that cortisol is literally hijacking, keeping the amygdala, which is the emotional panic system, over responding. And we're not getting access to our prefrontal cortex. And there are things we can do to help with that. But first, if we understand stand it, now I can partner with my soul rather than walking on a broken leg, expecting myself to do a marathon instead of stopping and realigning and healing the leg so that I can go the long distance.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you slow down to sort that out? You know, you, you've you just rattled off like an encyclopedic definition of so many concepts and parts of our bodies and minds that are firing. Mm-hmm. But how can you bring that to a practical uh, place where you would say so, Linda, because you're feeling this way, because you're going through this, here's a suggestion of how to calm yourself down, realign. Mm-hmm and get it together, that's the language we use. But um, what would you say to just bring it down to really brass tacks?
1: Yeah, so first, in order to understand that, then now I can understand, okay, when I'm out of alignment and my central nervous system is spiking toward cortisol, the best way to inhibit cortisol, the competing neurochemical and neurohormone is oxytocin and GABA. Those are the two that help lower and reduce that stress response. So the cuddle hormone that they've called um, uh, oxytocin, that's released with hugs. And so it sounds really juvenile, but if you understand the neurophysiology, that there are certain things that God has wired into our body, including the vagal nerve, the vagus nerve, that you have all these little organs under your belly or your stomach. And so when those get squeezed, so if you're taking dip, big, deep breaths or you're getting a hug, so if you ever see people who are really stressed, they tend to put their knees up to their chest and kind of hug themselves or put a pillow, that's actually physiologically adaptive because what you're doing is you're putting enough pressure on your organs to then send a signal to the amygdala, I'm safe now, because we, are, we have two states. One is I'm alone and I'm frightened, I'm overwhelmed. The other is I'm attached, I'm connected, and I'm safe. And so knowing that shift, anything you can do to step away from the problem, and most people, again, they'll just try to work themselves harder. I've done it as well. But when I catch myself and go, wait a second, I'm glitching. Like my system isn't functioning properly. Then I can now align with my soul and go, hey, right now I need attachment. Right now I I need security. And so kind of like if it was a car that there's this um, internal response that's going on. And my kind of like a check engine light, I need to pop the hood and address what's going on underneath. So if I can picture putting my head into God's chest and crying and saying, I'm scared, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how to do this. And I'm visualizing a hug. Neurochemically, you're releasing the same chemicals as if you're actually being hugged. And that is the one way to physiologically calm down that sympathetic nervous system.
0: That sounds so powerful. What role does exercise play?
1: Um, It's huge. Yeah. So you're releasing a lot of the adrenaline. Cortisol and adrenaline are released when we're scared. And so you're releasing adrenaline. uh, But the problem is most people rely only on exercise and they don't actually write down the fear of what they're scared of. And the problem is if you don't write that down, it stays in a negative feedback loop and there's emotional reasoning. And those are thinking errors where it feels true, so it must be true. So then we get critical to ourselves. We say, well, that's dumb. I shouldn't be feeling like this. I know better. I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And all of that uh, criticism is actually driving more of that alone, scared, frightened, overwhelmed instead of reassurance.
0: Well, let me ask you this. I'm sure you'll have a scientific name for this label, so I'll be watching for that. But um, I know one of the things that helps me when I feel overwhelmed is that I'll get out a clean whiteboard, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll just erase everything off the whiteboard because, and a lot of people are doing that literally and figuratively right now. It's like the plans we made at the beginning of the year are not working now. Mm -hmm. And so it's uh, helpful to look at it and evaluate and see what can shift because a lot of this requires pivoting or shifting at this time. Mm -hmm. to bring things into order, but sometimes just starting with a blank sheet again, a blank whiteboard again, and um, thinking, okay, what is my vision? Who is that person God's made me to be? And just really leaning into our identity, knowing who we are and whose we are. And from that place of security... I marvel at, I do this with my coaching clients, entrepreneurs and different people I work with all the time. And they they may come in, not necessarily in a COVID-19 world, but uh, on a typical basis, feeling overwhelmed with all the opportunities, all the work. But once we start getting, get the whiteboard out or the flip chart out, start with their core identity. Okay, you're a difference maker. You're a person who brings transition. You're a person who organizes. You're a person who has an anointing for speaking and teaching and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And then from there, we look at how that can be expressed now and chart it out. And it is so life-giving. Yes. And I think on a normal basis, it's a great exercise. And I found myself doing that several times right here in my office, just the last five to 10 days. What do you call that?
1: (laughs) Um, You could call it rebooting or resetting. So you're creating, um, the biggest thing most people are going through is called learned helplessness and learned helplessness when they did research on dogs unfortunately for i didn't do the research so don't get mad at me Uh, but they would electrocute them a little bit and no matter what the dog would do he couldn't get out of the little box and so eventually they would open the door and the dog still wouldn't leave because learned helplessness teaches me no matter what i do it's not going to change so why bother and that's the biggest ingredient with depression This apathy and Hedonia can't move. And so what you're doing is you're now putting opportunity and the hope of, hey, what you do does matter. And so in juxtaposition, you're now inviting them back into their spirit man rather than staying in our soul. Our soul is not good or bad, but it's an inferior operating system than our spirit man. And if at the end I could do an exercise to help people engage their spirit, man, which it sounds like you're doing a lot of with the whiteboard exercise, the identity, all of that, what you're doing is you're restoring alignment. Kind of like if we had a vertebrae at the spine, the soul is not supposed to rule over the spirit. The body's not supposed to rule over the uh, soul or the spirit. They're supposed to be a perfect alignment. And when we're out of alignment, it's kind of like there's a pinched nerve and we glitch. And one of the ways we know we're in our soul is we get easily fatigued and hungry and annoyed and irritable and confused. And all of those symptoms just let you know my nerve is metaphorically being pinched because I'm out of alignment. I'm not operating from my spirit man or my true identity.
0: That's awesome. I love that. I really identify with that. Let me ask you a, a question about physical environment, Shannon, and where this might play in. Yeah, I know that I, for myself, again, I'm visual So a lot of uh, my life-giving surroundings, I'll say, come from putting things that are hopeful, sayings like, I mean, you can just kind of see some of the stuff behind me, different things I work on or do. And so I have those kinds of reminders around me because they are life-giving to me. And so people have choices of color and decor style and uh, all that kind of thing, right? But I feel like uh, for so many people who are now working from home when they might not have before, Mm -hmm. part of the battle is just getting an environment set around you. It doesn't have to be a lot of square footage. It has to be something that's familiar so that you have your technology and your uh, life-giving quotes or sayings or affirmations or pictures or things that remind you of these things in plain sight. And I find that's such a simple thing people can do that kind of gives them a little place to park or plant and work from that spot. And getting your environment in order is, um, I think, a big key. What are you, what's your thought on that?
1: Oh, absolutely. So if you think of the pathways in the brain, there's certain self-states that are queued up. So a self-state is something that physiologically responds to the part of your personality. So it's that that connection where the soul and the body and the spirit converge. So like when you go to church, you're automatically kind of leading from your spirit. When you go to work, you're automatically kind of leading from that go-getter, decisive leader version. When you go to home, ideally you're nurturing, you're soothing, you're relaxed, you're refreshing. And so with home and work so uh, bleeding together, there's not a lot of transition between self states. And so that can be really hard that we kind of stay on and we're still checking emails when we're doing family time, And then we're kind of like doing chores and house stuff while we're supposed to be doing work stuff that can be really hard to differentiate self-state. So I think anything you do in your environment, in your clothing, putting your makeup on, um, anything that you can do to activate that version of you, that self-state does help elicit and kind of like a file cabinet. It helps pull that part of you into the conversation versus trying to like lug it with you wearing your sweats.
0: You know, the other day we saw a family walking together in our neighborhood and they were quite vigorously, you know, on a on a path. And uh, so we stopped to just wave and check in in with them. And the daddy said that, well, it's two o'clock. This is physical education time or physical fitness time. And they were out on a family walk. I think they've been doing that every day at two o'clock. But just having a rhythm and a schedule brings a lot of peace and order. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something that uh, I think we're going to learn so many things in this time, which feels like a great trial. And it is a trial in many ways. Mm -hmm. But I think it is the opportunity of a lifetime to figure out what really matters, how to govern ourselves. I like that you're using the word steward. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have gifts to steward, callings to steward. Mm -hmm. And when we relegate all that to an office building or a corporate structure or uh, however we've been getting it before, I think we do ourselves a disservice. I've watched so many people leave their careers uh, when they are so excited to quote unquote retire and they are lost, totally lost because they never fully owned their identity in the first place. They really kind of gave that over to whoever was in charge of their career. So they thought, and I, I love corporate, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about everyone in corporate's goal should be to get out and go start your own business. You know, they both have their places and a lot of people do both, but you learn different lessons in different places. And I've been privileged to do both. And um, the thing I I think that is uh, one point I would love for our listeners to think about today is the fact that your life, your calling is something that only you can live out, steward, develop, And your security doesn't lie with any company name or any job title or any particular paycheck. God is our provider. God has made us and called us. And there's destinies within people that I believe if they will just lean into it in this season that God wants to awaken. I'm really very excited about that right now. And uh, can't wait to, to hear the stories. I think we'll be hearing them for years about mm-hmm. what God did during COVID-19 to help people awaken in their dreams.
1: I can't agree more. And I'd love to even hear from you what you're seeing in corporate America. What are some of the trials that people are facing?
0: Well, I think that you've addressed hit the nail on head on several of them. Working at home is one. For some of them, just having to really redefine their path or redefine their business model. We've heard all about... Uh, lots of examples like liquor companies uh, deciding now to make antiseptic um, about people who are, heard several stories, one about a retailer who uh, just pushed back all the clothing in their downtown shop, which was not needed. They became a delivery point for a food delivery service. And so you gotta be flexible. You can't say, Mm -hmm. this is what I do now, I can't do it anymore, it's all over. With that mindset, uh, you know, it's a downward spiral. And it's depressing, and it's not going to take you anywhere good. And we felt the a real guidance from the Lord when our team was praying about what to do. We have a boot camp we do in beautiful Branson, Missouri every um, year. And so it's coming up April 18th. And the closer this was getting, we're like, I don't think we're going to Branson this year. And the Lord was really clear with me, and, and I was not to use and didn't and don't use the word cancel. We did not cancel boot camp. We shifted boot camp to online, which means lots more people can come. And so in any hardship, there is an opportunity. And uh, yet I know people who are suffering physically and financially to great measure right now are hurting. And so we don't say that glibly like, oh, no one's hurting. You know, you can skim over the top
1: Mm -hmm. and not really
0: resonate with the pain, but you can get so locked down in the pain that you can't see the light shining right now. And so I think it's just a dicey time where God wants to sharpen our spiritual, you know, our discernment and hearing. I think it's uh, what I think would be terrible is to waste this time, like get through it and then come out unchanged uh, really at the heart level where I think God is, is speaking and moving. I think we'll see inventions coming out of this time and, Uh, We've met recently with our our mutual friends, Allison Cartwright and her dad, Tom, and they just have so many stories. And I think we'll see lots of, of glory stories coming. So I see business people in both places, some struggling to get their footing, which we are really trying to just study them right now to see the possibilities. And then you see entrepreneurs who are like, hey, it's a new world. It's a wild rodeo. Anything can happen, you know. A
1: little so more have an entrepreneur. For sure. <laughs> Say that again. It's a little more in the DNA or wheelhouse of an entrepreneur anyway, is that quick pivot.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's important. And that's important for all of us, whoever we are. Uh Well, is there anything else you would tell us? Let me shift this question a little bit, maybe... Maybe we're not uh, schooled in the terminology, which I love hearing you uh, unfold. It's very invigorating to hear about the body of knowledge behind, you know, what we do and how we do it and why we do it. But what would you say to someone today who's hearing all this and saying, wow, I want to learn all that. That's so exciting. But maybe they have either a good friend who's struggling right now Mm -hmm. with stress and just uh, kind of, you can—they're not able to kind of breathe in and breathe out. You see, they're carrying the stress. And if we have a person in our lives that we have a rapport with, and a place in their lives to encourage them, what are just some simple solutions or, or tips, better said, that you would give us that we could offer to a friend who seems to be uh, kind of carrying the stress right now? What, how can we check in with them and help them a bit with what you've told us today?
1: Absolutely. I think a big key of it is normalizing people's experience because mirror neurons cause us to see the empathy in someone else's face. And then that gives me permission to feel empathy for my own experience. But yes. too many people want to rescue us out of our pain by giving us knowledge. And so they're like, well, try this, do this, do this. And they're jumping, they're foreclosing through the actual process of turning off that sympathetic nervous system response. So all that to say You really do have to kind of be like Job's friends, unlike Job's friends, like sit and be present and be emotionally available early as a psychologist, because my gift is so positivity um, and strategic that I would jump in and I would try to offer solutions because I thought it was helpful and I didn't like hurry up and get it fixed. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want you to be in pain. um, So I'm going to try to be helpful. The problem is it wasn't helpful to the person because when somebody is still resonating fear, overwhelmed, scared, panic, I can't do this. Um, And I come in and I'm like, happy cheerleader. God's good. Here's some verses. Here's some strategy. Move your couch around like this. That feels very discordant to what they're experiencing. So the natural human response is to deflect it and go, that's not going to help. Even though it might be the most helpful suggestion and it is the right thing they should do, there is a timing it's kind of like in Proverbs, it says there's apples of gold and settings of silver, that there's a timing and a grace to how to deliver. And so a big part of it is giving pe- people permission to tell their story and to recognize where they're being triggered, that certain emotions, fear of the uh, being out of control, fear of the unknown, insecurity, anxiety, shame, are really being triggered for most of us because we walk around with the illusion of control. And as long as I feel in control, then I'm not triggered. I feel great. And then life like this happens and all of our control illusion has been popped. And now I'm left with all this stuff that I've been burying for years. And to your point earlier, it would be so heartbreaking to go through something this drastic and not grow through it, that we could be transformed as we start bringing these triggers into light. Um, Normally, I don't deal with fear. But in this uh, little crisis period, I've had two different days where I just felt sudden fear, like panic. And so I took it back to the Lord and he is so sweet to help me differentiate between scared, which is a human, normal emotion to be scared from the spirit of fear. And so the spirit of fear was coming in through the door of the emotion of scared. And so before in my history, I would just try to, you know, cast out fear, cast out fear. That's not true. And I would try to just go to solution, but fear would come back. And so when I can go to that place of scared and vulnerability and invite the Lord to come minister to me there, I'm getting intimacy today, but I'm also getting intimacy throughout different chapters of my life that maybe I didn't know I needed, that that resonance of old trapped emotion is still in my body. And it's needing to be reconnected with compassion and reassurance because emotion really does stay dormant, stuck in the physical body. And that's what a trigger is. It's old emotion that just kind of capsizes us. And so for me, I wasn't afraid of uh, COVID-19. I was afraid of making the wrong decision. And I think especially as business people, entrepreneurs, corporate, C-suite, it would be very easy to start feeling inadequate, make the wrong decision. um, I don't have what it takes. I can't do this. Any of those old things, even early from childhood, very likely could be triggered right now. And that's why we look at ourselves going, normally I'm fine. Normally I can do far more than this. But the Lord in his tenderness is allowing us to walk through a trial that surfaces all the stuff that's been down there that has been a trap door that the enemy has used to try to sneak in fear and shame and self-sabotage to get us to glitch and make bad choices and go left when we're supposed to go straight. So I think if we allow it, this is a perfect opportunity to really allow that mirror neuron response to your friend or even to yourself to say, I love you. I'm present with you. It's OK that you're feeling like that. I know that's not who you are and we're not camping there, but it's also okay to bring it in the light because the enemy works in the dark where we suppress and whack-a-mole everything. And the Lord works in the light. When we bring it into his presence, we bring it into healthy relationship with friends and community. And even if it's over zoom, letting people love you, letting them tell their story and not interrupting them with, yeah, but you could try this. But you just let them feel it. And as they get the emotion out, that literally naturally self-corrects the brain and they will come back to their prefrontal and they'll start coming back to the solution phase. And that's where we can offer good, helpful insights and strategy.
0: So you're saying when we identify that somebody is feeling the stress, that Mm -hmm. a, a strategy is to connect with them, ask how they are. Let them talk, let them feel it and resonate with that.
1: Yes.
0: And don't rush past that, correct?
1: And the biggest is our facial expressions and the tone in our voice.
0: Ah, talk about that just a little bit.
1: Sure, absolutely. So a lot of us, um, we can say all the right things. Like if I say, Linda, I'm really glad to be here with you today. Linda, I'm really glad to be here with you today.
0: Oh, I like that better, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we feel anxious because our loved one is falling apart, that does like our own anxiety. When I see anxiety in you as a friend, I want you to feel better. I mean, that's human nature. And you know, as a psychologist, people look at me drowning, going, help me solve it, fix it. What do, you, what do I do? How do I make this better? And the worst thing I could do is give them a solution right then. And fortunately, everybody I work with knows that. And so I'm going to bring them back down. I'm going to attune my voice, my tenderness. All of that is down-regulating that sympathetic nervous system, bringing everything back down. And the parasympathetic nervous system, I think of like paraclete, one of the names of the Holy Spirit, that this comforting, soothing, reassuring presence helps that still small voice to be heard again versus the loud clatter, anxiety, feel like I'm drowning. When you try to give somebody solutions too early, They can't steward that. They can't. It's overwhelming. It's glitchy. But when they hear the tone, the soothing, the reassurance, it goes all the way back to infancy when the mommy and daddy do mother ease. I love you. Yes, I do. I see you. And again, all of this sounds very juvenile, but it's actually how God's wired us to come like children who are dependent on somebody else, not codependent, that's a different subject, but dependent to come to somebody else to reassure, validate, normalize, and everything kind of comes back into homeostasis or balance.
0: So one follow-up question on that. I love how you're unpacking this. So, so helpful, Shannon. Um, When the... Conversation is unfolding and we are identifying and allowing room and mirroring empathetic uh, receptors of, of the message and not skipping over it or invalidating it in any way. You're, you're talking about how uh, bringing it down, I think is the, the language you used. And then they begin to kind of recenter themselves. So at that point is I'm sure it's not all cookie cutter, but like, what's your best advice at that point for how you move from there? Do you wait for them to bring up some of their own questions that uh, could be discussed as a next step? Or is there a place where depending on the relationship, you do make a suggestion there or what do you do do next?
1: Yeah. Um, I think when we get out of putting the pressure on ourselves to rescue people, um, People who are natural helpers, whether a coach, a consultant, a professional, a parent, a psychologist, we naturally want the other person to feel better. And we put a little bit of our self-esteem in that. So, if we can work through our own need to be validated and feel like, look, I did something good. I helped that person, they feel better. If I can work through that in myself, it lowers my anxiety. And I'm creating a strong pool for them to join me down here that we're okay. You're grounded in your body and you're safe. And the way that you know is you can see it in people's eyes. When their eyes are kind of dilated and they're darty and they're anxious, or they're like down and they can't engage, they can't lock in eye to eye. That's a classic sign that they're getting way too much cortisol and adrenaline. So you don't give information at that point because they're back here and they can't process it. It's it's literally just going to feel like you don't get it, you don't understand and you don't care because you're just throwing these things at me and you don't know how hard it is. But that intuitive sense of reading somebody and going, hey, is now a good time to share or brainstorm? So one, I like to ask permission. Two, you feel it. And three, the analogy the Lord gave me is, again, early as a psychologist, the picture he gave me is like, I was on the seashore where it's pretty and sunny and I'm happy. And the other person is in the storm of their life in a boat in the middle of the ocean and they're capsizing, they're freaking out and paralyzed. And I'm like, hey, be fed, be well, you're okay. Jesus loves you. Here's some solutions. And it's like, You know, there's even a proverb about how annoying it is when somebody sings loudly, you know? And so he said, you have to swim out and sit in their boat, let their pain resonate. And that's when, when somebody feels like I totally get you, I'm in this with you, I've earned the right to speak into the situation. And then I ask permission, is it okay if we kind of come back to the seashore? And you'll normally feel it. And you can kind of use humor and different things at the right time, not prematurely, trying to rescue them out of their sad. But when sad has left the body, which is an actual, not in a new age way, but literal energy, our emotion has energy and people describe it as feeling lighter or less heavy. When that gets out of the system, now they can come back here and you can intuitively kind of tell, Hey, can we brainstorm now is now a good time? Or do you need some more time? to Just kind of breathe and process before your brain comes back online.
0: That's beautiful. You know, communication is one of my love languages, I would say. And uh, clear communication, clear expectations, honoring the intent and where everybody is in the process. And, you know, we think about that with an agenda for a meeting or uh, something that a team would rally around. And what I've just heard you do so beautifully, Shannon, is just use those business skills I would think of them first but just like bring them into the emotional state of, of valuing another person and where they are so so helpful I love it I love guys I'm I'm you know I wish you could have been an actress too I'm sure you would have been great but I'm so glad you're a Christian psychologist
1: thank you I love it and can I, I do an exercise before we end I don't know how you are on time certainly Okay. Um, So if we picture again, you have body submitting under soul, soul submitting under spirit, and then your spirit submits under the Holy Spirit.
0: Okay. Say that one more time. I'm going to write it down. Yeah.
1: We have a physical body. That's our anatomy. And in the Western world, we've actually placed the body above the soul and the spirit. And that's out of alignment. And that's where a lot of people, they eat healthy, they exercise, they do yoga, they do these wonderful things. And yet they're still empty and sad and there's nothingness inside because it's out of alignment. It's not that one of these are bad or good. It's like the Trinity. Body, soul, and spirit are supposed to coexist in their unique, distinct roles. And so in Genesis 1.26, the Lord said, let us make man in our image. There's supposed to be a fluidity and a relationship within ourselves. And so our body, our physiology is really just responding to what our soul and our spirit are giving prompts, commands, And so the hardwiring is just responding to that metaphysical realm of our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So those three components are giving signals. And then we have a spirit man. And the other day when I was feeling uh, scared or afraid, um, the Lord took me back to, oh, that's because you believe shame as a kid and the fear of making a mistake. And so he kind of took me layer upon layer deeper inside. And he gave me a great allegory because I don't actually know anything about superheroes. So if I slaughter this, forgive me. But this is kind of the picture I got that it was like Wonder Woman was my spirit man deep inside. And she's in this deep cavern and held back and restrained by kryptonite. And the kryptonite are like these lies for me were shame and fear. And anybody listening, I don't know what your lies are. Shame and fear are pretty common, but yours might be different than mine. And so it was like Wonder Woman was being held back, caged by this kryptonite that had weakened her. And so that shame makes us feel like I am fundamentally bad and wrong. Not that I made a bad choice and I feel convicted, it's that I, in my personhood, is flawed and unacceptable. And so it makes me want to hide. And that's where we hide true self because your spirit man is actually your true self. That's the diamond. That's the effervescent, amazing you that's made to sparkle and lead and take no captives and go move forward and blah, blah, blah. Do your adventure. That's your spirit man. That's your true self. Our soul is just helping us get there. Our soul is taking in bits of information using our past mindset of, oh, gravity's real. Don't walk off this building. Um, Oh, these emotions just came up. How do I learn how to steward those? And uh, how do I make choices? And blah, blah, blah. So our soul is more just connected to this realm of life. And it's very literal and it's very practical. That's why if you talk to somebody and they can't move past the literal and the Uh, possible of what's now and they can't imagine and lean into the future odds are good they're actually operating out of their soul and that's a, a very legitimate experience of not being able to envision the future hope the impossible the crazy of what's what's capable if we really lived out of our full potential and then our spirit man so again mine was wonder woman deep inside and so the lord led me into that room and rejecting and cutting off with the lasso of truth um, all of these lies of shame and fear that I had believed. And then I asked Jesus, uh, to take that whole, uh, like chamber and fly it to the abyss. And then I pictured wonder woman now freed up and she flew back into my heart. And so I bless my body. And I bless it to submit under my soul. I bless my soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. We want to bless our soul. Our soul is not bad. It's not the flesh. The flesh has been imprinted on the soul, but that's not fundamentally what your soul is. It's just a part of us. And then I bless my soul to submit under my spirit so I can lead from my spirit man, from the warrior, captivating, fierce, brave me that runs into battle instead of shrinking back. And so in that place, now I'm putting my physical shoulders back. I'm aligning body, soul, and spirit in my posture. I'm seeing this cord pulling my spine up that I feel brave. I see myself standing in the warrior posture. And there's a whole TED talk that I found based on that before or after the Lord gave me this vision, which is super fun. Um, And so when we do that, now we're we're leaning into strength and identity, back to your point of the whiteboard, of now that I can come in that place and the spirit of God can now pull ideas because my spirit speaks the same language as the Holy Spirit, but my soul and my body do not understand. They're not on the same frequency or language as the spirit realm. So when the Holy Spirit's talking to us, it's garbage, it's gibberish. And so a lot of my clients who may genuinely love the Lord, but they're like, I'm praying and there's no response. I don't hear God. I don't feel God. Um, I think he's distant or preoccupied. He's not there it's not that he's not there. It's that I'm literally out of alignment. I'm operating from my soul or my uh, body, and I need to put my spirit man back in charge. And when I do, then Holy Spirit can put downloads and innovation and creativity and pivot strategies so that you can streamline into your business, your family, uh, finances, new ways that we can come out of the season even wealthier than before we came into it. So- I'll do the exercise. Wow,
0: I love that picture. You have got quite the imagination and quite the receptor for God ideas and perspective. I'm so glad he downloaded that to you, Dr. Shannon. That yeah. you will use many times. It's powerful.
1: Yes. Okay. I'm going to do it if that's it.
0: Yeah, I see a picture board coming out of that.
1: Oh, Awesome. All right. So everybody, I'll have you close your eyes because you're activating those deeper processes inside the uh, brain and erasing the chalkboard of the mind and just focus on releasing control. Control comes from the soul. And as we surrender and release control, it's like becoming malleable or wet cement instead of rigid and hard. And I'll have you repeat after me. I bless my body
0: I bless my body.
1: I have a good body. I have a good body. I bless my soul.
0: I bless my soul.
1: I have a good soul.
0: I have a good soul.
1: I bless my spirit.
0: I bless my spirit.
1: I have a really good spirit.
0: I have a really good spirit.
1: I repent of making a false self.
0: I repent of making a false self
1: that I think I need to hide behind
0: that I think I need to hide behind.
1: And perform.
0: And perform.
1: Live up to others' expectations. And live up
0: to others' expectations.
1: I cancel and break the kryptonite of these lies.
0: I cancel and what? Break. Break the kryptonite of these lies.
1: <laughs> Jesus, give me eyes to see.
0: Jesus, give me eyes to see.
1: He to hear and understand
0: ears to hear and understand.
1: And give me a heart of flesh.
0: And give me a heart of flesh.
1: To receive all that you want to do.
0: To receive all you want to do.
1: Because I'm your favorite.
0: Because I'm your favorite. I am your joy and your delight. I am your joy and your delight.
1: All right, and I'll have you visualize going to your heart and your imagination. It's big cartoon life-size heart, and we're going to open the trap door in the bottom of the heart, and we're If it's okay, inviting Jesus to go down there with us, down the stairs, another trap door in the floor, opening that trap door, going down the next level. And we're gonna open a door where true self, again, true self is interchangeable with your spirit man. We're gonna open that space. And I want you, if you're a woman, to see it like Wonder Woman. If you're a man, to see your spirit man like uh, Superman. And just asking Jesus, and it may take more than what we can do in this exercise, but asking him what lies specifically have been the kryptonite of shame and fear, inadequacy, insecurity, whatever the uh, lies that I've accidentally picked up through life that have held back my spirit man. And I want you to picture just severing the violent take it by forth. We're not going to hold back our spirit man anymore. And we're asking Jesus as our best superhero to fly all of this back to the abyss. And now your Superman or your Wonder Woman kind of flying back into your heart. And this is where you repeat after me again. My body submit under my soul.
0: My body submit under my soul.
1: My soul submit under my spirit.
0: My soul submit under my spirit.
1: My spirit submit under the Holy Spirit
0: my spirit, submit unto the Holy Spirit.
1: To receive no guidance.
0: To receive no guidance.
1: Comfort, counsel, or direction.
0: Comfort, counsel, or direction.
1: From any other spirit.
0: From any other spirit.
1: Only the Holy Spirit can speak to me.
0: Only the Holy Spirit can speak to me.
1: And restore true identity to me.
0: And restore true identity to me
1: now I want you to feel like you're literally filling up the space inside of your body. Many people are kind of slumped down. They kind of feel small or hidden inside of themselves. And if that's been the case, I want you to literally visualize you're filling up every square inch with authority and power. That the fruit of the Holy Spirit is un, un, um, uncrinkled. It's able to now freely flow into you and your hands are on your uh, hips Your shoulders are back. And I want you to step into this brave, fierce, loyal, captivating, breathtaking, dynamic leader part of you. Your spirit man embracing your true identity and just visualizing this perfect love filling and saturating. Some people might have kind of a glass ceiling of unworthy or undeserving, and we want to break that glass ceiling, take the lid off, and just let this perfect love cascade and fill in our heart right now. And I want you to picture the Lord crowning you with his favor. Seeing authority being rested on your shoulders like a cape. And the Bible would be a mantle, but in our analogy, it's a cape. And then you would spend time visualizing your future as a leader, that replacing the fear of the unknown, uh, the fear of the unknown, with the possibilities of the yet to be charted. I have you open your eyes as you're ready.
0: Wow, beautiful, Dr. Shannon. What a glorious exercise. So mm-hmm. freeing, so hope-filled, mm-hmm. and so empowering to see where we've given permission or room to other other beliefs and how those can, in fact, change. And in fact, I'm sure have today for everyone who's participated in this with us live or coming back. Uh, later to catch it on the Facebook or even soon in our Charisma podcast. Thank you for blessing us today with the work of your hands and the words of your mouth and the expertise that God has deposited in you, our beloved Dr. Shannon Crawford. I would love our people to uh, know how they can find any resources or writing you've done. Could you share your webpage with us, Dr.
1: It's just drshannoncrawford.com, and Shannon is spelled differently. My mom looked it up in Gaelic. Shannon is a boy spelling. Shannon is a girl spelling because it's very common for boys to be spelled Shannon in Ireland. So it's S-H-A-N-N-A-N-Crawford.com. and then I speak and write, and one day we'll be out of quarantine, and we can go and hug people again and speak again. But for right now, (laughs) I can be reached virtually. And I want to thank you because Linda, listening to your podcast has been absolutely pivotal. Um, Everything that you're sharing is so practical and equipping. It is definitely inspired from your spirit man. And I just see such a brave warrior and leader. And I pray that this explodes and that every person on the planet, whether in business or not, all of us need someone like you. Uh, Scripture says we have many teachers, but we don't have many mothers and fathers in the faith. And I really just see you as a mother in the faith. That you're not just nurturing and cuddling, but you're also guiding and equipping and communicating in the areas that we need right now. So thank you for steadying and being a consistent source of hope for us. Well, thank you, Shannon. That is
0: beautiful. I treasure each word. I treasure you. I can't wait to see you again. And yes, hug you instead of these silly virtual hugs everyone's having to do right now. But we do what we have to. But I'm I'm excited for all that God's teaching us and all that's going to come out of it. You are definitely a bright spot. Well, God bless you, Dr. Shannon Crawford. I want all our friends to check out her webpage, Dr. Shannon S-H-A-N-N-A-N Crawford and um, avail yourself of resources you'll find there. You are a gift, Shannon, and thank you for sharing your gift with us today.
1: So glad you joined us for the Linda Field Show today. We know that you are busy and that your time is important. To help you accomplish more of the things that matter in work and life, Linda has created the Prayer Plan Your Life Productivity System. This valuable system guides you to minimize the noise that threatens your progress and make the highest and best use of your time. Come on over to lindafields.org/ppyl to order Prayer Plan Your Life today. Get it done today. Make it matter tomorrow. See you over at lindafields.org/ppyl.